This is the Commercial Property Show Australia. Show number 61. Every single market has a magic number that you're always trying to get to. So two years ago, we were looking for seven caps. Last year, it was six caps and we couldn't get it. People were buying things for silly prices, but some particular properties were going for way sharper yields than they should be. And now that the tables have turned and we're in an inflationary environment where interest rates are going up, realistically, this is actually more of a normal market. Hey, commercial property community. Thank you so much for joining me again today. My name is Andrew Bean. I am the host of this podcast, The Commercial Property Show, the number one commercial property podcast in Australia, thanks to you guys. So I have another awesome podcast for you today. I actually recorded this on my way back from Foster to Sydney. It was a four-hour drive, and I just had a lot on my mind, and I wanted to uh, share it with you guys, and here it is. So today, I wanted to talk about the capital city myth, and in this recording, I think I call it the capital city curse, because it kind of is. It's basically why people think, or people have this perceived conception that Capital cities are safer to invest in, and you can see this in also the cap rates because cap rates are lower. Um, there's a perceived uh, less risk in in investing in capital cities, and we all know that the biggest uh, risk in commercial property is prolonged vacancy. So, if you're looking at it from a a numbers uh, statistical kind of uh, vantage point, which I suggest you you should be in commercial property. You'd be looking at the supply and the demand ratio in a market. So in this particular recording, I talk about a lot of things, actually. I kind of have a bit of rant um, going on about commercial property. But I talk about how regional markets uh, sometimes, and more often than not, have a better supply and demand ratio, as in its lower supply and higher demand than capital cities. And I really wanted to drive this home to, to just get everyone on board that just because it's a capital city doesn't mean that it's safe. I also touch on a few other things here. I touch on interest rates versus yields right now. I touch on how high interest rates can go until your commercial property could potentially be underwater. And I talk about maybe like an average there on what you should actually look for. And if you also want to uh, check this out for yourself, I do have an inflation risk analyzer spreadsheet so you can check it out for your particular investment. I talk about also why commercial property can weather a storm. And that's in relation to that spreadsheet. Also, I give you my top assets of choice for 2023. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I have a blast recording it as I always do talking about commercial property. So without any further ado, here it is. But first... 
If you haven't checked it out already, and I know a lot of you already have because I've been crazy busy with all the consultation calls, but I've opened up a whole bunch of new services in my commercial consulting business, all aimed at helping you guys, the investors and other professionals, not only just getting the job done, but educating yourself along the way. They're all about educating you as the investor so you can do it for yourself as well. Whether that's crunching the numbers on a commercial property, figuring out the best market or location or area that you want to purchase in, giving you advice on a specific deal that you're looking at to making sure it stacks up, to even doing the due diligence for you and educating you how we actually do due diligence on commercial property. All of these services are geared at helping you, the investor, educate yourself and not breaking the bank. Or if you're just looking how to add value to your property and you can't figure out yourself and you need someone to look over your property to figure out how you can force crazy value onto that property. If you want to check out what I'm doing, go to www.andrewbean.com.au. Book in a free consultation. I only take on five new clients per month and I'm totally booked out now until uh, mid-March. So if you guys want me to help you in future, jump on, get a free consultation so we can figure out the best ways I can help you out with your commercial property journey. Hey guys, how you doing? Andrew Bean here from the Commercial Property Show. I've just been on a four hour drive to get to one of my clients self storage facilities because I'm helping them improve their facilities and their self storage operations. So I drove up to Foster today, it took about three and a half to four hours, including breaks. And I just thought I'd share what I found and a few aha moments that I had about commercial property in general. And maybe I'll touch on self-storage, I don't know, but I just wanted to basically talk about the capital city curse. People seem to think that commercial property is less risky in capital cities. It's really ridiculous to actually think that or have that in your mind because there's so much opportunity outside of capital cities is ridiculous. I already knew that, but this trip, it's really reconfirmed with me that there's just so much more opportunity outside of, say, Sydney, of course, and probably outside of Brisbane as well, in those towns and little regions, even if they have 50 or 60,000 population, there's so much opportunity there. Like, say, for instance, look, so Foster today, there's absolutely no industrial property to rent right? So I believe that Foster Turncurry has a population of around 30 to 40,000 or something like that. I'd have to check CP data to get the actual stats, but just off the top of my head, it's 30 or 40,000 population. And there's absolutely no rental property for industrial property, right? But there seems to be a whole lot of opportunity for industrial land there. What's a hard stand that you could potentially build warehouses on? Self-storage is going nuts there. Very rundown facilities that are right for development. Um, I actually found an awesome facility. If you know or heard me speak about this self-storage before, by me saying it's awesome, it's completely rundown and right for a development. It had absolutely no security gates around it. It was so run down, the roads were just dirt and grass and 
so much extra land there that they could have used and it's just been neglected. The whole property was neglected. So for someone like me who is an active investor that is happy to roll their sleeves up and really jump into these properties to add value to, these are really big opportunities that you just don't see in capital cities. Say for instance, people have this false belief in their mind that there's less vacancy in capital cities. And it's just not true. It's really not true because it comes down to the supply and demand of the actual market. So if you're looking at like a capital city, there's going to be heaps of supply. So there's always going to be lots of supply and there's always going to be lots of demand. That's for certain. In say a Sydney, there's always going to be lots of demand. But the supply demand ratio is nowhere near as tight as a location that's outside of a capital city that say like, say Foster for instance, it has 30, 40,000 in population, but there's absolutely no vacant property, no industrial property to rent. So the demand is ridiculously high because there's none available and you can call agents and confirm that. There's also no supply. So which do you think is safer? It's a capital city. It's going to cost you more to get in. You're going to have a lower return. Sydney hasn't been investable for investors like you and me for years. Whereas Brisbane's obviously has been really, really hot recently. And particularly through this last boom, it went absolutely nuts. And every single market has a magic number that you're always trying to get to. So two years ago, we were looking for seven caps. Last year, it was six caps and we couldn't get it. People were buying things for silly prices, but some particular properties were going for way sharper yields than they should be. And now that the tables have turned and we're in an inflationary environment where interest rates are going up, realistically, this is actually more of a normal market. So we were in a crazy boom period and now we're actually getting back to more of a normality. So interest rates on a commercial loan realistically should be around five, six, even 7% because that will only increase the return that we can actually get from these properties. So what I'm seeing now is that there are a lot more 6%, 7% returns listed in the listing portal. So you can actually find these deals now. You may have just heard me say, oh, interest rates should be 5 6 7% and the return on the commercial property should be 6 7%. Yes, they are the same, but the actual loan amount is different. So the return of the getting on the property is based on the total value and the interest because the property would usually be leveraged up to 60 or 70 percent a five or six or seven percent interest on 70 percent of the worth of that property is the interest so there is a margin there and what you'll find with most commercial assets i've actually put together a inflation risk analyzer where you'll be able to check when your property will be underwater and will start being negative again and it will start costing you money. So usually a commercial property, if it's been bought reasonably well or correctly at the time and you've got 60 to 70% LVR on that property, in general, on average, a commercial property can withstand a good 8% interest rate. 
that's the big difference between a residential property and commercial property is that a commercial property is supposed to be positively geared in its nature because it's supposed to be a business transaction and it's supposed to be making you money. If there's no margin in between the mortgage repayment and the rent coming in, then there's no reason to actually buy that property because it's cash flow first, appreciation second, and it's just a cherry on top. And what you should be looking to do is force appreciation. So force capital growth onto that property, but that's a whole nother podcast. But these particular properties can weather a storm and it's gonna get worse before it gets better. But this is actually back to a realistically normal market. So I'm really excited about what's coming because I'm still starting to see a lot of good deals come to the surface now and buyers and particularly selling agents are starting to be more realistic. So it's fantastic to see. And of course, there are still some stubborn sellers and there are still some assets that haven't really seen much of a change, but we'll see what happens. If you guys are struggling to run the numbers on commercial property or worried about, you know, is this deal going to stack up because of rising interest rates and inflation, or, you know, you're trying to figure out how much value you can add to your commercial property, I've created a free resource on my new website at www.andrewbean.com.au. It's the free DIY cash flow kit, totally free comes with three spreadsheets to give you the ability to be able to run the numbers on commercial property easily without any mistakes. I also created the inflation risk analyzer. So you put in all of your details of your investment and it will show you how high your interest rates will have to go up for you to be underwater. Trust me, this is something that you need to be double checking before you invest in a property. So this gives you the insight to be able to check how high interest rates can go before you would actually be underwater and it will be a negatively geared investment, which is not what we wanna be doing in commercial property. The last spreadsheet is a value add calculator. This gives you the opportunity to be able to calculate how much increased equity you can have on the property by forcing value, by forcing income onto the property. This is a really cool spreadsheet because it gives you exactly to the dollar how much extra value you can add to the property. I designed these free spreadsheets to be really, really easy for everyone to be able to use. And it's my gift to you guys for being such awesome listeners and making this show so huge. So go to www.andrewbean.com.au, download the free DIY cash flow kit today and start running numbers on commercial property like a pro. So getting back to the capital city regional debate, when you're looking at it, there's no reason why you shouldn't be looking at places outside of capital cities or outside of your market because of the opportunity. So if you can find a property, say in a regional part of Australia or outside of a capital city that you can still get to like in a couple of hours, like a three and a half hours today, and there's a huge opportunity there for really tight vacancies, you can also add value to that property. Yes, it's lower in population, and yes, you might be getting less rent for it, so it's gonna be cheaper to buy, but the opportunity there is there's still meat on the bone for you to go and add value to those properties, especially in Sydney. 
Sydney investors don't leave money on the table. They try and get you for everything it's worth and more. They seem to be switched on on that kind of stuff. There's just no way they're letting that much money off the table. So if you can find property that's outside of your capital city market, have a look at the supply on the market of that particular property to be leased and ring the agents and ask about the demand. Ask them, are you getting calls about leasing that commercial space or that warehouse space or that retail space? And really understand the real demand in that area before you make judgment on the area being that it's more risky because there's less population. It's just not true. There is plenty of areas in Sydney right now and also in Brisbane that have higher vacancy rates than regional centres. I just don't understand why people have that false belief that they think that investing in a capital city is safer than investing anywhere in Australia that's not a capital city. It's just not fact. And they don't look at any figures. And there are heaps of places that you can go and check all of the history for the last 12 months of what's actually been happening in that market. You can go check what are the sales been, what are the new leases in the area. You can go and check the cap rates, the rate per square meter. So you can really understand the market before you're actually buying into it. And if you can find properties with value add opportunity, then that is really what you should be doing. And particularly if they're under-rented, that's particularly why I like Newcastle. It has so much opportunity because there's so much rundown sites there that someone with a little bit of ticker wants to put a bit of elbow grease into the property can make a really good return on their money and on their time by just identifying under-rented property. In terms of self-storage in these regional places, there are areas in Australia where self-storage is oversupplied. I've done research in a lot of different markets and there are definite ones that I'm staying away from. But there's so many good opportunities in self-storage of these regional markets too. And no one runs their facilities in a professional manner like a business like they should be. Self-storage is still the number one asset of choice for me and then followed by industrial property and that's run down industrial property that's not maxed out a five-year lease great tenant it's run down industrial property that i can add value to by improving the whole building raising the rents putting in a new tenant with a really nice long lease with fair but really good annual increases that's the type of property that i'm talking about then Next on the totem pole for me would be probably caravan parks. Caravan parks that have a permanent stay portion to it. I really like the idea of, it's very, very similar to self-storage. Obviously has more operational drag. It's a lot harder to operate a caravan park than it is a self-storage facility, but there's still a huge opportunity in caravan parks and motels, but I like caravan parks more that have a permanent stay element. They also have the opportunity to potentially convert them into manufactured home estates in future. It's not uncommon, especially in America, to have a caravan park that has a lot of land, depending on how it's zoned, you can potentially cut that land off, create some other type of development, it could even be self-storage, a lot of these caravan parks do need more storage, particularly their permanent stay. But manufactured home estates, you could find that type of property 
that you have a permanent stay aspect to it and then you can convert or drop down manufactured houses on it you can one get a development cost because you can sell the house on for a really really good 20 to 40 percent probably and then the tenant buys it and then they own the building and it's just on your land and you're providing services so you're just getting paid a lot rent and you're not responsible for any maintenance or anything like that that particular type of property is a lot easier to run but in certain areas permanent state caravan parks that are in actual trailers, you're working with lower socioeconomic people who can't afford to usually rent a house or a unit. So with that type of demographic, there tends to be a little few more problems, but excellent business, that's for sure. And then the next on my list would probably be bulky goods retail. In certain markets, there are strips where you can only develop and have bulky goods retail. So that's always going to be a mainstay for now, for the foreseeable future, even with the way that online is going. And then after that, for me, it would probably be retail property, as in smaller retail, in really good locations, probably more coastal locations for retail that are on like the main strip of the little town, particularly near a beach. And the type of tenant would be someone that has put in quite a bit of time into building their business in that location and then after that I would have to say it'll be interesting how office goes in the future see what happens with the metaverse but metaverse has actually been pretty quiet since Facebook has been cutting firing all their staff and their profits have been going down so that might be because of the metaverse because they plowed so much money into it so we'll see what happens there but those are my top picks for assets at this current time in 2023 in January. I don't see any of them changing in the foreseeable future. Obviously time will tell who the darling of commercial property will be in the near future and in the future. So, all right, well, I hope this has been valuable for you. My little rants as I drive back to capital city, Sydney from Foster, three and a half to four hour drive. If you want to jump onto my website, check out all the services that I have, go to www.andrewbean.com.au. I'd love to help you out with your property or commercial property self-storage journey. All right, I'll see you on the next one, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the music and my guest today, which I guess was me. All right, guys. And remember... In the words of Grant Cardone, success is your duty, obligation, and responsibility. I'm Andrew Bean, signing off. This has been a Develop a Life production.